It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. I am Truth Light. This is the Light of Truth, and I'm so happy you're joining us this evening. Us, me and all my angels. <laughs> I always say us. My son always makes fun of me, but I come with this whole team of fabulous angels that uh, that I work with closely all the time in this kind of work, and so sometimes I forget that it sounds like a just me, but it's really a we. I hope you all are having a wonderful evening and had a wonderful day and a fabulous weekend. Happy Monday to you. And uh, we're going to be talking about compassionate living today. It's, uh, it's very interesting. I've seen some very interesting things over the past eh, maybe a couple of weeks or so and uh, dealing with compassion and, and lack thereof. <laughs> and uh, so I just thought maybe it would be a nice topic for us. And um, so we do have the chat room open if you would like to join us there and if you'd like to call in and have anything to ask or add to the show, feel free. Um, We are going to do – there was some kind of mishap with the scheduling. I don't know what really happened, but uh, it was saying that this was going to be a 90-minute show, but it is, in fact, an hour show. I think I got that fixed uh, but just in case there was any confusion. So, and uh, so again, I am Truth Light, and uh, some people call me Terry Gillen. Either one is fine. I like them both. You can find me at mysticaltruth.com as well if you'd like to find out more about me, schedule an appointment. Uh, also, 12-week coaching. It's the number 12, weekcoaching.com. I do life coaching for mainstream, mystical, new age, metaphysical, all different sorts of walks of life. So those are the places you can find me normally. (laughs) So when we're talking about compassionate living, what exactly is it that we're even talking about? You know, there's a lot of different um, theories about what compassion is, you know. And so the first thing is that ego and judgment cannot coexist with compassion, So if we're thinking that our version of compassion is right and somebody else's is wrong, we've already stepped out of compassion because then we're in judgment and ego. So it's kind of a, you know, I gave a lot of thought to this today, and uh, it's it's very interesting how it is all interwoven. And uh, so with compassionate living, the first sort of rule of thumb is that we can't really be judging if we'd like to be compassionate. And so uh, one of my, you know, my mentor, my, the uh, mentor that I had for the majority of the years that I had a mentor, um, he kind of opened my eyes to the fact that being judgmental was something very different than I, I interpreted it to be. Is that a word? Interpreted it? <laughs> and uh, that I thought it was. And, you know, I was unaware or un- I guess unaware of the fact or just didn't pay attention to the fact that if I was always seeing the good in people and everybody was good and everybody was loving and everybody was, I was deciding what everybody was, I was still being judgmental. Even if I was judging somebody to be good, to be honest, to be, I'm still judging them. Judgmental is not only looking at the negative, it's also looking at the positive. And by doing so is actually limiting these people and deciding that what I thought was right or wrong, good and bad, was the be-all and (laughs) end-all. So over the years, it took a while for me to really begin to understand. And I was unable to truly have compassion to truly walk in a compassionate lifestyle until I released all judgment. And of course, I'm human. I live in the real world. And so there are times <coughs> that I fall into judging things, um, whether it's good or bad. We all have our off days and our on days. But uh, 
I, for the most part, catch myself pretty quickly now. And I found that it's much easier to be in a compassionate state of mind if I'm not trying to judge whether somebody is deserving of it or not. Because to truly have compassion for the earth, our fellow brothers and sisters, animals, plants, whatever it may be, we can have compassion for everything We also want to remember to turn that compassion around and put some upon ourselves, to have some compassion for ourselves. I see a lot of people who, you know, they're very compassionate towards towards, uh, other people, but they're not compassionate to themselves, which means they're not truly compassionate. They're, They're trying, but they're not there yet, because unless we have compassion for ourselves as well, we're not actually living a compassionate lifestyle. So... If we are uh, judgmental, getting back to that, if we are judgmental of this person is such a good person and they deserve my compassion versus I feel compassion for these people or for this way of life or whatever it may be that we're looking at at any given time, we compassionate just is something that we are or are not. It's something we hold within or we don't, right? So if, um, if we're looking at a situation or looking at a person, say, say a boss who did us wrong or took advantage or whatever, we may not feel a lot of compassion for that person. But then we, we look at you know, somebody else who works there, know they're working so hard and, and they're being taken advantage of, and I feel a great deal of compassion for that person. To actually hold compassion within and actually walk a compassionate path, we have to feel that compassion for everyone. Now, we don't have to agree with what everybody does for ourselves because things are, are just harmonious or disharmonious. They either harmonize or don't harmonize with ourselves, with us. And so when we're in fact trying to judge things, oh, that's a bad person because because what? Because it doesn't harmonize with what you feel to be right for you or in your opinion for anybody, but you can only say for you, really. So we find it, as a, as a culture, we find it hard to have compassion for the boss who is, quote, taking advantage of their employees when in fact... Perhaps that's exactly the person we should feel compassion for. And there's a judgmental word, should. (laughs) It's just everywhere. (laughs) So if we can feel compassion for that boss who maybe is not living up to their highest and greatest potential, in our opinion, we don't know what their potential is, but, but it's not being harmonious with their employees, rather than being angry at the boss, perhaps have compassion for that boss, that they're in a situation where they don't know what to do. They, maybe they don't know how to treat people. Maybe they're in a situation where they don't have any choice and they prefer not to treat their employees that way. They just don't know what else to do. And understand that the employees could leave, right? Everybody's there by choice. And, and yes, jobs are hard to find, and, but if you think about the, the pressure the employees are under, then how much pressure is this boss under? Even if we think they have this perfect life and this perfect blah, 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 we don't know. And even if they do have that perfect life, there's something lacking inside. I'm pointing to my heart. There's <laughs> something lacking inside for them to, in our opinion, take advantage of their employees, right? So perhaps having compassion for that which we don't understand that's creating the situation for this person to treat their employees not so well. And we don't have to to hold compassion. That just means we're really pulling for the person. We're really hoping that um, they find peace, they find love, they find whatever it may be. We hope that they find whatever it is that they need to balance that which is unbalanced or imbalanced within them. That's in my, it's not a written <laughs> written definition of compassion, but in my opinion, that's sort of what compassion is. Um, for me, you know, I've, I've had several situations throughout life where perhaps things didn't go as I would have expected them to, 
with bosses or business partners or what have you. But um, eventually, not always right away, but eventually I'm able to get to that place where, you know, I, I wish them well. You know, I don't want anything to do with them because it doesn't work for me. It didn't turn out so so great, and I'm choosing, I'm, I'm exercising that freedom to not work for or with these people because it doesn't, I'm being compassionate to myself by not putting myself in that situation, but I also hold compassion for them and wish them the best in whatever it is they choose to do with their life, and I move on. Holding compassion for somebody doesn't mean that you have to constantly be thinking good thoughts and loving thoughts and da-da-da-da-da. It just means that you release the negative or the the uh, angry, hurt, fearful, etc. feelings that you might have for them and simply just feel that light of creation, feel that love. Just harmonize with the loving vibration and feel that when you look at that person and wish that they might feel whatever works for them as far as being happy and joyful and whatever it is they want to be because also not our place to judge what they want, right? So compassion is just releasing the things that we hang on to that are disharmonious and wishing them well, wishing them no disharmony, unless that's what they choose, which then would be harmonious, right? So how do we live a compassionate life in in a world where perhaps that's not seeming to be the priority. I hear people often say, well, they've earned my compassion, you know, or they don't deserve this compassionate attitude. They don't deserve to have somebody caring about them. They don't deserve this or that. They, you know, whether it's people who are down on their luck, whether it's people who are without a home, without a job, without a family, whether it's somebody who they believe is doing the wrong thing, you know, the the religious crew, right, the religious people who, that's wrong, that's bad, you're going to hell, no compassion for you, you know, Um, or whether it's people that we think have broken the law, you know, and they took advantage of other people or they hurt other people and no compassion for you. Well, you know, there's a difference between holding compassion for someone. It's holding that hope for a better situation for them. And it's not like you're sitting there thinking about it day in and day out. You're just, you know what, I really wish the best for you. Really, from your heart, you wish the best for them. And whatever that may be, you know. And so, again, when we get into these very judgmental, you you did this or you did that or, you know, you haven't earned compassion. Compassion that we walk within has nothing to do with the other person. So here's a little a little tip, right? We don't really talk about this very much, some somewhat, but not very much. Compassion has nothing to do with the person that you are feeling it with for whatever it may be, that you're holding space for, that compassionate attitude. Um, it doesn't shift their life very much at all if you were do or don't have compassion for them. It has to do with the peace you feel inside by letting go of the things that are holding your harmony hostage. So if you're able to <clears throat> put the fear, the anger, the whatever it may be that's disharmonious within you aside and look at that person and just wish them the best. You just let go of the other stuff, wish them the best truly, and move on with your life. It doesn't change that person at all. It has nothing to do with them. They don't need to earn your compassion. Compassion has to do with what are you going to hold on to within yourself. And so ultimately having compassion for other people is having so that you are not trapped by your anger, your fear, your disharmony, right? The imbalances, that kind of thing. So, and again, if you all would like to call in, I see that we have some callers. If you guys want to call in and and chat about this, 
have questions about this, things you'd like to clarify, please feel free to. Um, I know most of our listens come from the archives. So hello, people in archive land. I'm so happy you you find us. Um, But I do love feedback as well. So, you know, as long as it's on topic, that's always good. So um, when we're holding this compassionate space in our hearts for other people, it can be for the planet. It can be for Mother Nature. It can be the, the difficult part is feeling compassion for people who just press your buttons, right? So, for instance, um, this past couple of weeks, I, I um, encountered some situations where there were marriages or two, two different marriages in particular that I'm thinking about, and one spouse in each marriage, one spouse found something out about the other spouse. And it was absolutely something that they could have just blown a gasket about and they could have just left them forever and they could have just walked away in in our culture. They would have been completely justified in, in just wanting to hang them by their toenails or something, right? So... I was interested to see when, in fact, both of these marriages, the spouse who found this surprise stuff out, um, both of them handled it with great compassion. I mean, of course, there was the flare-up originally, right, the the human reaction, that knee-jerk, what the heck, you know, how could you, blah, blah, blah. But then very quickly over time, it turned into... Um, very compassionate outlooks on it. And so I was, that's love. You know, when we can feel that real compassion, we are feeling unconditional love. And so we can hold this for people we don't know, for people in our lives, for people, whatever, because it's all these different, these different forms of love, but it's still love. And so when I watched these two marriages sort of go through their things, it was very just lickety-split kind of, um, especially with the one. And, <clears throat> and of course, they have things to work out and whatever, but, but the level of compassion that I saw was amazing to me because they, they stopped the anger and the resentment and the fear. And... They went back to that place of love. Okay, you know what? I'm, and they, you know, I'm very angry at you. <laughs> I'm not happy about this situation, but I love you. I love you unconditionally. And so, whatever form this relationship takes now, because who knows where it'll end up, right? But um, whatever forms those relationships take now there's that place of love that everything is coming from. It's that unconditional love, no matter what, I want the very best for you. And I will love you no matter what. And so I was, because um, these were just normal everyday people. You know, it's not like they studied just oodles and oodles of, you know, like I've had loads of training, right? But these were just everyday people that had this compassion within them and they were able to overcome these situations or work on overcoming these situations from a place of love because they held such compassion for their partner. And I was just so impressed by this. And then, you know, other things, because, you know, I do life coaching and I do counseling and I do readings and I do all of this stuff and healing work and whatever. And so I I tend to get people when they're having problems. (laughs) Nobody calls me when life is really good. (laughs) And so I'm, I'm, you know, working with some other people that are in some challenging situations with people they know and that kind of thing and people that they don't know, whatever, just in life. And um, there's very much like bitterness and resentment and anger and fear to be worked through. And as we're working through this, I'm seeing that that there's that feel of they don't deserve. And we've even had the discussion because it's been on my mind for a couple of weeks now, this compassion thing. And we've even had conversations where they say they don't deserve this compassion. They don't deserve my compassion. 
And so I wonder how many people out there feel that way. You know, does the person who cut you off in traffic deserve your compassion? Or is that forever who they are, that person who cut you off, the person who flicked you off as you were driving by, the person who was rude to you in the grocery store? That person has so many different facets, but forever, if you allow it, forever they're going to be that person who was mean to you in the grocery store, right? Because that's the only snippet that you have of them to judge them by. Oh, wait, to what? (laughs) Right, to judge them by. So we can't feel compassion for them if we're judging them. We can only feel compassion for them if we allow that judgment to dissolve and say, you know what, I don't even know what was going on in their life. I don't know if it was a bad day, a bad year, a bad decade. I don't know. But whatever was going on caused them to not be happy just by bumping shopping carts or I don't know, whatever. So... For me, right, I'm going to wish for them that they feel better, whatever that means for them, right? So feeling that compassion, it for me, it's like it turns a little lock in my heart and it releases the fear, releases the anger, releases the irritation, which typically I'm only feeling because I had a bad day or bad year or bad decade and they just gave me an excuse to be angry. Now I've got somebody to direct it at, right? So I don't have to feel compassion because they didn't even know me and they bumped my shopping cart or I bumped their shopping cart and then then they called me whatever. and, And so I don't have to feel compassion. I'm allowed to be angry at them so it's a place to focus my anger that has nothing to do with somebody bumping my shopping cart and whatever, right? So when I turn the key, release the judgment, and allow the compassion to come out and just go, wow, okay, I don't want to feel that that crud anymore. And I wish them the best, whatever that means. I hope that they feel better. Whatever's causing them to be so angry, I hope that, you know, they feel better soon. That just, it pulls that death grip um, away. It just releases it so that we can allow ourselves to then move past this thing that was maybe a 10-second occurrence that we're bitching and griping and moaning about for, what, a week or something, who knows, a day, a week, whatever. So when we're feeling compassion for this person that we don't know and will never see again, we then allow them to have other facets besides that one little snippet that we saw because that's not who they are. That's what they did. That was their reaction at one point in time. And so by allowing our compassion to just open up like a beautiful lotus flower, just compassion, right? Namaste, whatever, blessings be, whatever. <clears throat> and feel it. Sometimes, sometimes we have to fake it till we make it with this. But eventually our cells and our brain and our subconscious get that this is what we choose. I choose compassion in this situation. If you can just situation after situation, tell your mind, your body, your cells, your subconscious, all of it, you know what, (sighs) I'm going to choose compassion and I just, I want to be happy, I want them to be happy, let's all just be happy, whatever that means, because we don't want to get in judgment, right? We don't know what happy for somebody else is. I want to be happy and I want you to be happy, whatever that means for you, and we release it and we move on. And then we're leading a more compassionate lifestyle. So, I did make some notes today, which I rarely ever do. I usually just, in case you all haven't figured that out by now, (laughs) I really just do this show on the fly. (laughs) But I I did, this is one that I really, I really wanted to um, help you all begin to think about, you know? And so uh, the other thing that I think is important to watch out for is that, you know, if we go to church, we're taught by people, et cetera, sometimes people teach us, quote, to have compassion, right? So to our face or to someone else's face, we 
pretend to be compassionate, but then we turn around and we're bashing whoever it is in the other direction when they're not looking, right? So that is um, sort of putting on that fake face of compassion so that other people will think we're compassionate. And this leads us into ego, which is what leads us to judging, right? But when, you know, I'm going to donate this much and or I'm, I'm going to help these people or I'm going to do this for that person or, oh, no, 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 everything's fine. It's okay that you wrecked my car. It's all good. I understand you're having a bad day, whatever. And then we turn around and it's just venom <laughs> spewing about whatever the situation was or we're angry at the money that we donated to somebody who needed it or whatever it may be. Um, this is, we want to be careful of this because what this does is it actually makes things so much worse because then we're, we're thinking we're compassionate people so it's not even something we work on because we think we already have it because we, we make nice to their face or we donate money or donate our things to some, you know, to goodwill or whatever. <clears throat> when in fact our, our real motives, we donate stuff to goodwill and we're like, God, just get this nasty crap out of my house. I can't stand this anymore. Versus, okay, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's very, very used or run down or whatever, but hopefully somebody else can get some good use out of it. It's the same action with a different motive behind it. And so what we need to remember, and this is something that, that I um, experienced in, uh, in my day-to-day life today, was the words were coming out of somebody's mouth that if you wrote them down on paper, there'd be nothing wrong with them, right? But the feel behind the words was, not so great, <laughs> right? So, so just like when we, you know, we're donating money or we're we're saying no, no, you know, you broke my my grandmother's vase and I can't ever replace it. It's okay, it's okay. But when you're not looking, I'm going to just talk badly about you for the next twenty years or something. <clears throat> Faking it in front of somebody is not compassion. Actually, saying it's okay, and actually understanding that that person didn't mean to do whatever or, you know, sometimes being compassionate takes trying to understand where the other person is coming from and we have to leave our own concept of reality. So, for instance, somebody may do something, and I know I'm probably all over the place here, but it's a wide subject. (laughs) So... Somebody may do something, and you just cannot even, I mean, maybe you know that they did something that was, quote, wrong, according to your your teachings and your concepts and your reality, and, and they're not even acting sorry about it, right? So in your mind, they don't deserve um, your compassion, because they're doing something horribly wrong. They, they went through and they, they trashed your house or they, they smashed the windows of your car and they're not even sorry. Why should you feel compassion for this person? Well, we don't know where these people are coming from. Oh, well, hello. <laughs> we have somebody in the chat room who's saying hello. It's their first time on my show. So hello. I'm so glad you're here. I try to read while I'm talking but it doesn't always work. <laughs> um, so I totally lost it. Totally lost it. <laughs> Shouldn't read and talk at the same time. So how can we feel compassion for this person who's doing such hideous things? And we're, we're judging them. Again, it's just like the grocery store or shopping cart thing. We're judging them by this action that affected us. When, in fact, if we sat down and we talked to this person, we got to know their whole backstory, odds are, if we opened up our concepts and got out of judgment land, we would probably understand what was motivating them to do these things, 
right? Why they felt it was okay. They were taught differently, they were raised differently, they're holding tons of anger, whatever it may be. And then after we understand them, perhaps we could find compassion for them. But I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily want to sit down with everybody who goes around smashing windows of cars or doing things that that I don't necessarily feel good about or whatever, even if it affects me. Maybe I don't want to sit down and talk to every single person to find out their whole backstory. And maybe instead I could just say, you know, when people do things like this, I don't understand it without having to talk to them, so I'm just going to release the anger and I'm not happy about it. You don't have to be happy about it to feel compassion, right? So... I'm not necessarily going to feel happy about it, but I am going to try to be in a compassionate space with them. So this is, um, again, something that takes practice because it's not something that's taught prevalently in, in our society, you know, it's um, it's something that we really kind of have to work at. And uh, so we do have a caller. I'm going to go ahead and pull them over. Area code 267. Hi. Hi how are you doing you? today? I'm good. How are you? I'm going to use Alexander. It's a pleasure to be on your show, more importantly. Um, so, secondly, um, I really do, even though I'm a Christian, I believe in what y'all do. I believe it's a God-given ability in a in, in, not talent or skill, ability. God gives everybody's ability. So I'm, I'm letting you know that first from what I feel about y'all. Secondly, All right, thank you. One more a question about my career. Like, I'm, I'm in limbo land right now because mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with my career. Where do you see me going? Okay, so, so are you talking, um, it feels like it's sort of your, it's sort of every aspect of life because at first I'm feeling like what you're doing with the rest of your life, like career-wise. Yeah. But it feels like it spreads through a whole lot of different areas of life right now. Is that good or bad? Well, right now what I'm feeling for you is that you're in a time of change. You're sort of <laughs> at, that, at that pivot point where you can decide where you, go, where you want to go but you have to decide that and take the action to get there. It feels like things have been let go out of your life, and <clears throat> and it's time for you to decide what you want to bring into it. Right, right. You know, no. and so are you? You feel like you're you're in the midst of like we go in seven year cycles. So it feels like you're either smack dab in the middle of a seven-year cycle or just coming into a new one, but it's a time of change. So how old are you right now? 33. Okay, so 35 is the next seven-year cycle. So you are just kind of right in the middle. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so you're moving into the time where you decide what you're going to do, like, financially for life and stepping into being a grown-ass man, you know, and excuse my language, but... That's how it was coming. (laughs) And so it's just uh, important for you to understand that it's not that you're necessarily in limbo land. It's that you're being given a chance to set your own direction in these different areas. It feels like you're moving into totally new phases. Right, right. Because, I mean, I like communication and things of that nature. I have to be able to, you know what I mean, pay the bills. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> this doesn't very often pay the bills. <laughs> I got a lot of bills. Got to pay the bills. Right. Yeah, you're being given some choices right now, and so, but it it requires you taking action to go um, to go after the different things that you're interested in until you find what feels good to you. I'm also writing a book called Kids Dreams. You know what I mean? So I got to get that straight now. Mm-hmm. I want to turn it to a script. Now, performance okay, but I got a better shot making as a writer. Um, you know I, mean? I don't feel that. I don't feel that right away. That's going to pay your bills. 
Are you good right, with no, no. internet stuff? Because I see you with internet, yeah. like having products on the internet that sell. Ah, uh, that's not really. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing internet sometimes, but it's not really my thing. But I mean, I'm, I'm not seeing it at all. You know, I want well, I to see. What I'm seeing is like downloadable, like downloadable books and that kind of thing. And okay. so I don't know what you do, but it feels like there's like downloadable um, packages for people and then you okay. finding the people to market it for you. I know my son does Internet marketing, so ClickBank is where I would immediately go. I don't know if that's intuition or if that's just training from my son. but Even about the expense, it's about, the, it's about what I want to do with my life. You know what I mean? Right. Like Everything is going digital. You know what I mean? But I think my book is so good, it turned into a trip. Now, I'm not saying it happened immediately. It's in that game, it doesn't happen like that. It's a gradual process, but that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? I, I, I want to have my full-time career, but I want to have something that's my part-time law. You know what I mean? That's my law, a part-time uh, job that pays the bills and I also take enjoyment in. For me, it, it shouldn't be no hate, no love, no love, no hate. It don't. It should be this is what I love to do and this is what I like to do. I, I don't want no hate it don't miss. I don't want to have no heat in nothing in what I do. The right. Writing, you know, what you, is what you have to do. You see what I'm saying? But this, this is my life. I'm not going to do about hate and love to the career-wise. This, to me, it don't make no sense because I'm supposed to be happy with what I do. This, right. I, I want to no, I mean, not, you're not going to be happy all the time. I want to be happy with my life. I don't want to be miserable. Well, here's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling that you're a communicator by nature. Right. And so anything where you're communicating with people, you're going to find some fulfillment. Where you're right. communicating with people and teaching, you're going to find more fulfillment. Right. So whatever that means as far as, whatever you're teaching them to do or teaching them to handle or whatever it is, there's that's that's your path, communicating and teaching. I can feel it really strongly. But I feel yeah. like you find ways to do it. You you feel entrepreneurial to me. And yeah, so I yeah. think that down the line you find ways to do that and and create your finances by doing that sort of thing, you know? But now, now- yeah, but one more thing about relationships. Uh, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, well, we're, we're, what do you see coming to that? Uh, it feels rocky. Okay, and why do you see it that? It feels rocky for about three years. And that's okay. not to say you won't have relationships, but I feel uh, like it's kind of bumpy for about three years. And right, then I feel like... 36, 37, thereabouts, you find one that just kind of, um, <laughs> I kind of feel like you can't get away with nothing. <laughs> like like they just know you. They just know you. They get you, you know, and it, right. I mean, it kind of freaks you out a little bit, but it's right, good. I'm, I'm, I'm in my 30s and I'm still pure, and I don't think anything wrong with that. I really don't think anything wrong with that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But, we should wait for that right person. That's the hard part. You know what I mean? I'll leave the right. soulmates. You know. What I mean? Yeah, I'm seeing kind of bumpy for the next few years, and then you find somebody really good. Well, would that would that be my soulmate, or just somebody I see? No, 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 no. It feels like that's uh, well. What I'm feeling is that that's the person that that just really takes your breath away. What you do with it after that is up to you. It has the potential, okay. yes, to be your soulmate. Well, it's that person that gets you inside and out that that you can't run from, that you can't hide from, but in a really good way. Right, right. And so, so right. that's coming your way, but you do have a few years of being bumpy. I I but I, I like communication, but I'm thinking about majoring. I thought about majoring in education. I think that's good. Yeah, man. Anything that you can do, any training that you can do, whether whatever, I think you need to follow what feels good to you. And I'm just, I need to wrap it up so that we can get back to topic. But whatever you can do that feels good to you, that has to do with communication and teaching, 
like not necessarily teaching in front of a classroom, but teaching people, helping to guide them, maybe even life coaching or ministry. I I am Christian, so I thought about about liberal arts, religious, I saw liberal arts, religious studies options. I don't know what that meant, but I'll look at it sometime. Right. Yeah, helping to guide people is really important for you. It's part of what you came here to do. And you're good at walking your talk if you want to. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so I do need to wrap it up and get back to topic because we only got about 20 minutes left. But I'm glad you Thank joined you. us, and I hope you come Thanks. back. All, All right. right. Have a great night. Bye. Okay, so I love when people call in. <laughs> so um, getting back to compassion, um, sometimes people don't understand when they are, in fact, being compassionate and when they're not. And so one of the easiest ways to tell is, um, are you still harboring um, judgment towards the person or the group of people, right? So, um, well, and actually like the last caller, okay? Some Christians, I grew up in the Bible Belt, and some Christians have resentment towards me because they think, you know, I mean, I've been this way my whole life. I've been psychic my whole life. It's something you're born with in a lot of cases, and, and I was. And, and so I had resentment, and I had cruel things said and done and so on by, quote, Christians, right, who, well, weren't really being very Christ-like. But, but um, that's not my business, right? So for me to walk my path, I need to hold love in my heart for those people no matter what and not judge them. Did I like? Did it feel good, the things they said and did to me? No. But I knew that they were judging by what they had been told, what they had been taught, what they had been. They didn't even know me. Anybody who ever got to know me said that, you know, I they couldn't believe that I had never read the Bible, that I wasn't raised Christian because I walk a very Christ-like path. So we're able to talk back and forth because we've gotten to know each other. We have compassion for one another. We accept each other as we are, and we don't judge or feel the need to change either person, right? So the the people who judged me and, and were not so nice, even to a little girl, right, um, in the name of Christ and whatever, <laughs> which I'm sure we'd be happy about. But anyway, um, I I can either continue to not like Christians and and judge them all by the actions of some or I can hold compassion for these people and say I don't know what happened in their life to make them do that but I'm so sorry and I really wish them the best. And I really love when people who are Christian take the time to open open their minds and understand that maybe they should get to know somebody before they judge them and they don't live in judgment, which is kind of what they're taught anyway, right? If they're, if they're really following the teachings, I think, is, you know, to not be judgmental. Thou shalt not judge, I think, is something somewhere. Don't judge. Um, can you tell? I just, I don't know, just me. You just get what you get here. <laughs> so... Having compassion for one another and not judging the other person, I've now gotten to be able to be very, very dear friends with, with some very Christian people, but they're, they're striving to live that Christ-like life. And, and so we, we're able to respect one another and not judge each other. And we all have our off days, as I have said before. And so there are times when neither one of us or 100%, but we don't judge each other when we have those off days, right? We still have compassion for one another. We have another caller I'm going to pull over. Hello. Terry, it's Robert. (laughs) I know. How are you? (laughs) So this is Robert Bowerly, who joins us every now and again. And uh, Robert was one of my teachers as I was moving through yeah, uh, I'm sure you remember back in my younger days. Robert and I go along a long way back. <laughs> long way back, yep. <laughs> and so he got me when I was maybe not so compassionate 
<laughs> and I think I wasn't even able to choke out the word God when I was younger because of the kind of stuff that I'm talking about right now. It was I had a very bad example of what Christians maybe were. Mm. So, how you doing? What do you think about this show? What do you have to say? We have about 15 minutes. Something uh, hits me that's been on my mind off and on for years is uh, I've traveled overseas when I was younger, and I. I saw different societies. I traveled in a fascist uh, country at one time and saw the effects there and came back here and felt, you know, what we, we call like the freedom. It's like my ancestors, you know, left the idea with my grandparents that when you came into the United States, you could almost smell the freedom. They didn't know what it was. They could just sort of feel it. And uh, one of the things I realized that we do here and we have here in the United States we're almost uh, unaware of, or it's like invisible after a while, is a general sort of attitude of live and let live, uh, which is along the lines of what you're talking about. It may not be, you know, really heavily lovey-dovey, but it's more about, you know, well, we'll just let people be the way they are. And it's, in our, I, I mean, like in our Constitution, we talk about the freedom of religion and, you know, all that people have their own space you know, uh, as far as to be religious or not. And one story was that uh, a guy I was working with in the business I'm doing uh, is a dentist from uh, over in a Muslim country, and he came over here to do his uh, dentistry school and then his residency, and he decided to stay, and he married a girl from his country who was already over here, and she's teaching at a school and getting that going. And uh, His name was Dr. Mamsa. And he was saying that when he was living here at first, he would write letters and get on the telephone and talk to his cousins back home. And they would say, what? You're around Jews and Christians? Do, do, you, huh? do you fight? Do, do you, how, how can you do that? And he says, well, I don't know. He lived, in, he lived in Chicago, where I came from. And he was down in the city. And he said, well, we have a mosque, and you know, a nice mosque. And and then about three blocks farther on down, there's a, a Jewish synagogue. You can turn the corner and you can go about another five blocks down. There's a, a big Catholic basilica, and, and we shop in each other's shops, and, you know, we trade with each other, you know, in business, and, and they, they were amazed. And it's something that we take for granted. It's the sort of That's certain true. rough level of that compassion you're talking about. I, I find that the diversity that we have in this country is like a blessing. I, I really do. I've thought that for a long time. Right. And I think that's part of it, too, is like enjoying people for their differences. I mean, we enjoy different foods. Why don't we enjoy different people, you know? <laughs> well, wouldn't wouldn't it be really boring if there wasn't that, you know? If like we were everybody all, was the same? Yeah. You know, yeah, right? Be like eating so, beans every day for your three meals and nothing more, you know? <laughs> so what do you think about the compassion thing? Because I know through the years of, like, like back when you were teaching and you were lecturing and that kind of thing, um, I'm sure that you had people come in, and, and I'm sure in day-to-day life, but I'm sure you have people come in that just that have a hard time fathoming the compassion thing <clears throat> with, with no judgment of whether somebody deserves it or not. Mm. So yeah, what do you think I mean, about like, that, or what do you have to say about that? Well... It's kind of like uh, everybody's a soul in a physical body. We're all, you've talked about this a lot on your show, too, about we're all here to learn lessons and move forward. And if somebody is at that point where they really can't accept other people of certain types, that's another, you know, boundary to be able to learn to get beyond and to live with less and less boundaries of that type. I know that the more uh, that I got into my spiritual understanding, the less I judged anybody and the more I could see people as, you know, souls, you know, in a journey. We're all in a journey in life, you know, this lifetime or whatever. And along the way, we're going to stub our toe, we're going to bump our heads and (laughs) fall in the manhole covers, fall in the manholes to cover off of them. But the point is, what would we learn from it? And I've met people who were over in my, my German part of my family who were really pro-Nazi. <laughs> they were really right. in that era. And on the other hand, 
they've learned to accept people around them now in society many years later that before they would have, you know, pushed out of society. So well, it's that, possible. Is that for, the same thing as having compassion for? Acceptance you know, and compassion, think, is that the that same thing? What, I think what it is is like it's something, it's, it's like it's a journey and it gets to be greater and greater. And I think some people are at the level where it's just, well, we can just live and let live. I mean, they, they can be over there and I can be over here. We can just sort of get along. That's one level. And then right. getting to the point of brotherhood where it's, you know, well, let's, let's all, you know, we can intermingle and whatever. And then they have the, I don't know, the different levels of it, I think, different expressions of it. And some people are just barely being able to just say, okay, well, I won't kill you now. Like, we just try to kill people like you. Or we'll, we'll just let you, you just go over there and I'll be over here. And that's maybe a right. beginning rough, rough level of it, you know. Right. And then it gets better. When they begin to meet people who are different and actually enjoy them. Like I saw my father, he had all these things about Jews. And then he met this guy who was a Jew. His name was Nathaniel Goldberg, about as Jewish as you can get. But they both spoke the language of mathematics and engineering and navigation, you know, and with their boats. And, boy, they would sit there and they'd talk, and they were like, they became like brothers, literally, mm-hmm. over a period of about four years. And he stopped talking about Jews the way he talked about Jews. It just sort right. of went away from his you know, vocabulary. Because right. he had the experience of really beginning and really, you know, loving as a brother to this guy. So, right. yeah, that compassion is something I think can grow. It's a process, I think. Well, and I think right now in our in our country, I mean, that's what I have as a frame of reference. You know, I think globally too. But what I see happening in our country right now is people are kind of, in a lot of cases, people are sort of reaching a boiling point just in their own lives, and we seem to be getting pushed in a lot of different ways. And and it seems to be important to learn how to have compassion for ourselves first. Or, well, at some point, I guess it doesn't matter which one is first, right? But but also having compassion for, you know, the other guy who also is having a hard time right now. You know, we I don't know what's, well, I, we could go into, that's a whole other show, but what's happening to make this happen. But but it is happening. You know, there's a, a change occurring as, as mm-hmm. we're here. And so... You know, I know, I notice other people. I mean, I'm sure you notice. You're out in the world. You're in in Central Florida, which is a heightened area right now. Um, so there is a lot more tension, wouldn't you say, amongst people? Uh, I see it on the political uh, spectrum. Uh, I think that you know, like uh, there's been a lot of different areas, like sometimes between different aspects of like religion or race or whatever or ethnicity or whether or not you have more or less money. all kinds of reasons why people look down on or look up to other people. Um, I think that maybe what we're hitting is uh, what you're talking about is a time of uh, reevaluation of the kind of Mm -hmm. compassion you're talking about and moving to a higher level. Um, one thing that the United States uh, kind of came out of us without even really trying is that level of kind of like live and let live with different cultures. When uh, well, One aspect is like uh, when they see American troops come over, like UN type things, and they get off the planes and all this stuff, they see all these people, and they expect them where Americans, they all got to be, you know, white, blonde-haired, and pretty much blue-eyed, and they're not. What's up with this? Where where do people come from? It's like, well, it's because we're all a mixture over here. And it's just sort of a natural thing, and we don't really think that much of it, most of us. And I think that that's, you know, well, I'm going back to that subject, but I think there's always, you know, a greater reaching for higher standards, and there's going to be a, you know, it's going to be difficult to, you know, sometimes move up to that level of having a higher standard of, you know, more compassion for people who are different. Right, and I'm just I'm just kind of talking about the the day to day living. I'm not even necessarily talking about the different races and the different Mm -hmm. 
I think to a certain degree, I think we're kind of coming out of that. I think now, if anything, it's the getting used to the the gay marriage and, and pot being legalized and everything is just changing so much for for like the baby boomer generation. And, and so I think there's, you know, maybe that's causing some stuff more so than the interracial thing um, to a certain degree. I think we're shifting gears, but... But I'm just talking about interacting with one another day to day, mm-hmm. you know, or the stuff mm-hmm. we hear about on the news or the celebrities or the that kind of crap. That's just the day to day stuff that I agree that people yeah, I mean, get I, high blood pressure over or get into arguments over, you know, and that kind of thing is is kind of what I'm talking about today more so, um, you know, finding that compassion. So that you don't get dragged into that. Also, you know, I think. Can... Uh, Go ahead. One thing is in our entertainment media. Um, one thing I've seen. I'm in the screenwriting, so I've seen the change in the evolution of you know the kinds of stories and very serious stories that are coming out more and more over the years. Uh, what is a lot more, uh, you could say, judgmental attitudes. Right. coming out where people are getting into nasty arguments so that it's okay to go ahead and start, you know, clubbing it out. Instead of, uh, you know, conflict resolution, how to have conflict and then resolve it by dominating somebody else. And that's sort of, you know, I'm, I think that might right. be yeah, somewhat of a, kind of an influence. If we can find more compassion, then it doesn't have to get heated to that extent, you know. Yeah. We all have that knee jerk what the heck, you know, maybe, but but does it have to keep escalating and escalating or can we find compassion for one another and not have to have the why of why we should understand or why we should have compassion, but just you know what? Maybe it's just a bad day, let's just walk away, you know. Here's and, one uh, thing is like with my father and I, we would talk about different things and we would I, I realized years later just recently that we never really argued we would disagree about things I would put out my viewpoint he would put out his and what he thought it would work and all this stuff but he never told me I was stupid that I didn't know what I was talking about he said I don't agree with that and I realized you know he came from a different era and he came from a different way of thinking maybe within his family I don't know uh, instead of just saying, oh, no, you're just, you're just wrong, you're just wrong, instead of judging what I was saying, he was challenging me, you know, right. to come out and, you know, and I realized that that, that was another form of compassion. It's mm-hmm. like being able to really listen to somebody and say, okay, I don't agree with you, but here's how I see it. And sometimes right. you disagree to disagree and maybe learn from it, possibly just right. let it go. Right, and I think that's something that is so important right now. All these and all these different things that we're talking about really seem to boil down to one ego, you know. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people don't really. We sh- I should, probably should do a show on ego. If I don't even know what shows we've done yet, we might have one. <laughs> but uh, just that one's right, one's wrong, one's better, yeah. one's not. One like that that flip side to the coin that. That's ego. If yeah, you have the I, need for that, then that's ego. And so judgment falls into ego, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's almost separate from it. Like if we if we fall into that need to to say, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm good, you're bad, mm. you're good, I'm bad, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, then, then we can't have compassion to the fullest extent. Try so this one on. Uh, um, we have one and a half like- minutes. So it's about what I'm talking about is judgmentalism is like greater than, lesser than. You know, different doesn't mean greater or lesser. It just means not the same. Right. right. And that judgmentalism has a lot to do with, you know, I'm greater, my ideas are greater, yours are lesser, or, or whatever, you know, my practices or whatever. And right. that greater than, lesser than is something that I know that as you know, I got more into my spiritual life, I realized that that just had to go. Right. It just went. Yeah. It just started to disappear. It's not beneficial to anybody, um, 
but it is a process to get to the point where it's no longer a part of your life. Yeah. And so it's but without without letting go of that, you can't really have compassion to the full ex- fullest extent. So I think, you know, when we're trying to find our way to compassion, um letting protecting <clears throat> ourselves when we're in judgment is important, you know. So um we have about 20 seconds left, so I'm going to say thank you, Robert, and thank I'm going to tell everybody to uh, check out mysticaltruth.com and uh, let me know if you'd like a session, 12weekcoaching.com. It's the number 12-week coaching, and I do life coaching. And uh, definitely follow me here on Facebook and, I'm sorry, Blog Talk and Facebook. Everybody have a wonderful day, and we will see you tomorrow. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.